We're a thousand miles from comfort. We have traveled land and sea. But as long as you are with me, there's no place I'd rather be. This is your time to lit up with Angela Breidenbach. Lit Up is lighting up the literary world with book reviews, in-depth expert interviews, and ideas for you to design a lucrative writing career. Expand your imagination to enhance your life. Lit Up is always family-friendly, always good for your heart. Now, here is your host to Lit Up, Angela Breidenbach. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Lit Up with Angela Breidenbach, and I'm your host, Angela Breidenbach, and I am so excited to tell you I have a new book out called The Second Chance Brides Collection, Nine Historical Romances That Offer New Hope for Love. It goes all across the ages from the American Revolution to about 1933, and each there's nine different novellas in it. And it's a very, very fun book to read with lots of great research to make a lot of really live facts and make books come alive for you. And I say these are books that are great for um, busy women because there's nine 20,000 word novellas and it gives you the opportunity to um, read a story fast and put it down. You can come back and start the next story. So be sure to pick up the Second Chance Brides collection. It's from Barber Publishing. And I am one of the lead authors, and I would be delighted to hear what you thought of it in the future. So send me a note at um, on Twitter or on Facebook or through my website, AngelaBreidenbach.com. And all of my social media is at Ange Breidenbach, and that's spelled A-N-G-B-R-E-I-D-E-N-B-A-C-H. Now, let's get into the show, because our guest today is April McGowan. She is a wonderful woman with a lovely smile, and she loves to write inspirational fiction. She and her husband and two teens live in the beautiful Pacific Northwest. Hello, friendly Pacific Northwest. I'm in Montana. April, where are you? Um, I'm in Newburgh, which is right outside of Portland. Oh, I just drove by there. We went to a family reunion, and I consider me waving. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she's a member of the Oregon Christian Writers and the American Christian Fiction Writers. And when she's not writing, April is reading down her book list, homeschooling her son, chasing her kitten. And now I cannot pronounce your kitten's name. What is it? Uh, Searsha. Searsha. That's so yeah, cute. It's, it's, it's Gaelic, Gaelic, isn't it? Yeah. I knew it was Gaelic, and I'm, I have, uh, I'm a little rusty on my pronunciations lately. We did yeah. homeschooling. My son and daughter, and my son wanted to learn Gaelic, so we did a semester of Gaelic, and I just have forgotten. How did you learn that name, or do you do you know Gaelic? No, I I wish that would be really neat. Um, No, we we are huge um, animation fans, and there's a movie that came out uh, two years ago called Song of the Sea. Mm-hmm. And the main character is a Selkie named Searsha, a little girl. And um, as soon as I saw our new little kitty, it just reminded me so much of her. And so I said, Searsha, and she answered, and that was that. Wow. Is that movie, The Song of the Sea, is that a family-friendly movie? Oh, absolutely. Ooh, absolutely. I'll see if I can find a link and put it in our show notes. That would be really, really fun. And you yeah. also love to play board games. And oh, you might yeah. find uh, you play drums. Um, I'm a novice, but I, I love it ever so much. It's that those are my spirit, you know, instruments. I love them. <laughs> What's 
more perfect than a drum kit for a spirit instrument. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Yeah, I, if, if you ever see uh, me driving through town, well, you'll hear me first. That's all I'll say. <laughs> well, I tell you, if you're ever in Montana, look me up. That would be really fun to have a visit. And, um, I sing, so um, oh, absolutely. We can, maybe we can come up with some a jam session or something. <laughs> Such fun. Such fun. No kidding. Okay, yeah, I, don't so, what, I don't know what possessed me, but we uh, adopted two more kittens four days ago. And so, um, oh my. what are their yeah. names? Um, they actually came with the perfect names. Their names are Xander and Liam. Oh my goodness. And so and they now, all match. And now we have like this little Gaelic family going on. Oh, that's hilarious. And are they, they were rescues or what, how did you adopt them? Yeah, all three were um, rescues through shelters. Wow. Now, see, I have had three cats before, but my current um, cat, get, he gets very miffed. If you call him a cat, he is actually a feline, and uh, <laughs> he's a ginger who looks like a feline, and his breed is called Somali, and oh, he, yeah. yeah, and he is one of the four smartest breeds in the cat kingdom, and um, his name is Muse, M-U-S-E, you know, writer's Muse. Yeah, I've seen his <laughs> picture. Yeah, Sirsha is a tuxedo kitty, and she is so chatty. And she talks back. And now she's trying to talk to the boys. And the boys don't understand her yet. But um, she's she's very mommying them. She's just a few months older. So anyway, it's adorable. She makes all these kind of pure, purry chip, chipper noises. And, and they look at her like she's very strange. So anyway, we're having fun. I just saw a YouTube um, video on – it was from Simon the Cat, which I think is just a hilarious mm -hmm. little cartoon thing. Well, he just – they came through on uh, – on my uh, email and stuff that, cause I follow him on YouTube. Yeah. So, do so I. well, they just had, it's like this little eight minute special video talking about how animals communicate and it was really cool. So this actually kind of fits into our topic today of writing real, yes. how to draw on our own fa experiences, family, friend experiences, of course, without being a parent and embed them yes. into our stories to create real to life story people that connect with our readers well, making a real-to-life story also includes our pets and the setting and Absolutely. the research that we put into it. Mm -hmm. But on this uh, Simon the Cat video, the the cat expert was talking about um, cats actually don't meow in the real world uh, when they're in feral col um, colonies, which my cat was feral. My feline was feral. Mm -hmm. And um, he... They, she said they learn to meow because they're trying to mimic the sounds of us talking to them. Yes. And then they will watch us, and they do a certain kind of a tone. And if we respond to that, then they learn that that's the tone they need to get what they want. So if they want water, if they want out, if they want food, the tone mm -hmm. changes. So yeah. uh, it'll be fascinating to see how your little your little boy kittens um, yeah. come along with Sirsha teaching them how to speak April language. Exactly. I don't think I've ever thrilled at her, though, so I'm not quite sure how she got that. But she seems to understand, and she's trying to teach them, so we'll see how that goes. You know, I think cats actually do trill, but they don't meow. Like, they'll trill at each other and purr at each other, but they don't meow. Because Muse trills. Oh, it's yeah. It's the cutest thing. And they'll chirp at birds. Do yours chirp yeah. at birds? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, so now we figured out writers are cat lovers. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think you 
everybody kind of, I don't know. Anyway, I think that just kind of goes hand in hand. So they are very entertaining. Our pets yes. are very entertaining. This is so true. Um, and so, but what we want to talk about today is also your book, Hold yes. the Light. Can you yes. give me a, a, give us an overview of Hold the Light and tell us what genre it is? Hold the Light is a contemporary women's fiction slash romance. Um, and it tells the story of a, a young artist who she's finally got her life all settled and discovers that she's losing her sight. Mm-hmm. And um, it really just takes her down to bare bones. And, and she discovers who her real friends and family are through this. Um, and she discovers the foundation of her faith, where, where that is and um, and how to rebuild that. So it and and uh, I don't know. I, it's just a, it's a story close to my heart. Um, it's kind of my story um, because I deal with chronic illness, and people can't really identify with that and the losses of that unless they've been chronically ill. But everyone can identify with the idea of losing their sight. I think it's maybe a primal fear we all have, and um, or we've all played at as children. You you know, walk down the hall with your eyes closed and see if you can find your room, but you can always open your eyes. And for the site challenge, they, opening their eyes doesn't help. So um, I think that um, when I when I chose that subject, I wanted to find something that we could all have in common. Mm. What made you choose losing sight, though, in just about one minute? What is that the illness that you're dealing with, if I can ask? Oh, uh, no, I have an immune disease. So I, I get sick very, very easily. Um, and... Uh, it just makes me really tired all the time because my body's always fighting things off. So, um, but that's hard to connect with people about. So I wanted to find um, a disability or a challenge that other people could also identify with. I totally hear you. Um, I deal with an immune disease myself and I've started, here's, here's my healthy tip of the day. (laughs) I don't always do, but um, I, I've started juicing for extra nutrients because I can't eat enough fruits and vegetables. So I started juicing for extra nutrients and I just started it um, not quite two weeks ago. So I'll report back in a couple of months. And (laughs) well, I think, you know, people with immune diseases, um, they don't absorb nutrients, right? So you actually do have to intake more so that your body gets what it needs. And that's something that's really important for people to understand how to nourish your body and your Mm -hmm. body is unique to you. So yes. you can try different things that other people suggest, but the reality is you have to deal with you, you and, yep. you know, find your own thing. Exactly. And it becomes a very difficult thing to do when you're a writer and you have a sedentary lifestyle. That's a tough one. Yeah. Well, yes. <laughs> I, I built a workout room in my house. Well, didn't I, I took over oh, the kids moved out. So one <laughs> of the, the bedroom that had the two girls is my office and the bedroom next to it that used to be my son's is now my workout room. <laughs> Yeah, I love my treadmill. If I didn't have my treadmill, because walking out of doors is not always, um, there's a safety issue for me. I can walk pretty good. And then all of a sudden I can't because my energy just goes away. And if that happens and I'm out by myself, I'm kind of stuck wherever I end up. So walking on my treadmill, if I stop, I'm stuck in my house. So it's okay. That's a really good tip. Right now we're fighting the smoke here from forest fires the summer of 2017. Yeah. And yeah, and so walking outdoors is not safe. Real nope. quick, April, tell us how we find you online before we go into the next, uh, into the commercial break. Sure. Um, you can go to my webpage at aprilmcgowan.com. 
Um, you can find me on Twitter at April K. McGowan. And you can find me on Facebook with my author page or with my personal page. And I'd be happy to get to know people. Yay. And this is Angela Breidenbach. And we will be right back with our guest, April McGowan. Stay right where you are. There's more lit up right after this. We often ask, is that all there is? Why is this happening to me? Why am I always broke? How am I going to survive this mess? Then join Dr. Geraldine Tegeloff for Nature Spirits Speak, 7 p.m. Tuesday evenings on Toginet.com. Geraldine is a metaphysician, nature intuitive, and prosperity coach who shares with you how she went from totally broke to living what she would call her perfectly prosperous life. Through the combination of a wealth of metaphysical knowledge and her amazing ability as an intuitive, Geraldine brings to you the secrets of her magical journey of healing emotionally, spiritually, and financially. As with the ancient seers and master teachers, Geraldine has a unique gift of being able to connect to the simple yet profound messages brought to us by Mother Nature, and happily shares these through today's note to self on her webpage, naturespiritspeak.com. If you need help with your journey, why not connect with Geraldine during her show, Nature Spirit Speak, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Get ready to live la bella vita with Dawn Catherine on Toginet.com. Live la bella vita. If you're wanting to know all the beauty tricks of the trade and the latest fashion trends before everyone else, this is your show. If you admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense, this is your show. Do you love wine and want to know more about the process it takes to make wine from the vine to the bottle? This is your show. Live La Bella Vita. For more on the show and your host, check out our website, LaBellaVitaCosmetico.com. This is the kind of show you can sink your teeth into. If you enjoy traveling and food and family, all with an Italian flair, then you can live La Bella Vita with your host, Dawn Catherine. Wednesday nights at midnight, 11 p.m. Central, on toginet.com. We're glad you're back for more Lit Up. Now here's your host, Angela Breidenbach. Okay, so this has been a really fun show so far because we talked cats. But I want to get in deep with April McGowan and find out how do you draw on your own experiences to be able to write them and create real-life stories? So let's talk your own, and then we'll start getting into family and friends. Sure. Um, well, some of the most successful storytellers um, that I've connected with often bring their own lives into fiction. They make their characters more real that way because they're dealing with real-life issues that we can all identify with. And so that makes that leap from the page <laughs> to your heart, uh, and that makes that connection um, even deeper because then you're really rooting for them or you're <clears throat> rooting against them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Occasionally there are people that you want to put in there to be an antagonist because, you know, yeah. people in your life are not always um, genuinely friendly, shall we say? Yes. So how but, do you deal with that? Um, I think you just, um, well, I'll start at the beginning how I do it. <laughs> Um, okay. I, I will, uh, when thinking about a story, 
Um, I, I actually have uh, like a character list of people and um, some of them are, are people I've known in my past. Some are people, um, you know, I just brush up against. Um, some have been family members. So these are positive and negatives. And I just write down um, the things that I admire about them, the things I wish that they would change, um, the things I know they can't change, um, and the things I um, pray for them about. Um, and so the things that I think God would like to work on in their lives, um, you know, and that's me taking a very higher look, not, I'm not in them. I don't really know their real battles. This is just from the outside, but, um, and then I'll take some other traits and, and weave them in. Um, the, the best way I can do that, people often use uh, character sheets and mm-hmm. you can find them everywhere. Yeah. Uh, but that's usually like eye color and height and, um, to find out what some what really drives someone, you really have to kind of know their battles, and and so um, that's what I write down. I write down those things that they are battling, and that helps me know really what they are passionate about, what they're afraid of, um, and oftentimes those fears translate really well to everybody. Um, like in the case of Amber and losing her sight, that's a fear that translates really well, um, and that feeling of helplessness at the time of diagnosis. And that's called a universal fear, something that you're, you're, I like the way that you're saying that translates really well, you know, to other people. But when you're in the writing world, the, the lingo is a universal fear. Yes. A universal or a universal hope. And, um, what the thing is that jargon and lingo is really hard to understand when you're coming in as a new writer. Mm -hmm. So the way you said it, what are the, you know, made it much more, um, palatable, much more um, understandable for mm-hmm. everybody. You know, mm-hmm. what does everybody fear? What does everybody love? What makes everybody angry? What makes everybody happy or laugh? Yeah. You know, yeah. that's, that's so true. Keep going. So what I've had writers do and what I do um, is think about joys that I've experienced. Think about things that have made me overwhelmed. Um, and then think about other people and those joys and what they've experienced and that's overwhelmed them or crushed them or brought them into a deeper relationship with other people. Um, from my own standpoint as a Christian brought, brought us into a deeper relationship with the Lord, um, turned us from the Lord. That's, that's also a real thing that happens. And so, um, and I think about things that, you know, I kind of spend some time thinking about things that have drawn me into real misery or despondency because um, although that's kind of a dark place to go, that's also a place where, you know, we face those things and our family members face those things. Our friends and neighbors face those things. And in thinking about those things and finding common roots, um, it just connects better with people and, and not to stay on the dark side. There's, you know, we have common joys too, um, births, uh, marriages, um, you know, things overcoming, overcoming addiction, overcoming barriers, um, all those things. You just want to, you want to, you want to find those things you want to cheer with your character about as well. Oh, I love that. So you can cheer with your character too. Yes. And I think um, delving into the quote unquote dark side is really important because you have to have a character arc. Yes. And a character arc is um, how do they, change their minds or change their direction or how do they change personally their 
their character even or yeah. their um, choices from the beginning of the story to the end of the story. But if you don't delve into those dark things, um, there's nowhere for them to change. It's exactly. those things. If you stay up on the high valley for, or on the high mountaintop, there's there's no valley to experience the emotional struggle. Absolutely. And I think if, if you look at your own life um, as, as a starting point, the things that have changed you the most. And, and I ask people to jot those down um, when I've taught this class. Um, and, and it helps to remind me too. So I, you know, I, I write those things down, those things that have brought me to those low places and then what happened to change me through time. Uh-oh. You just opened the door. So please tell me, uh, I think our listeners want to know <laughs> what's okay. changed you the most. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Well, uh, without getting too revealing, because there's mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah, I didn't ask for specific uh, um, okay. details or circumstance, but um, give us what's changed you the most. I, I actually, what's changed me absolutely the most, I think, um, it has this uh, been this walk with chronic illness. Um, mm-hmm. Just because every day is a plan of mine and a plan that fails, mm-hmm. um, because I have things I want to do. I'm a I'm a doer. And, and I don't, would you get, say you're type A? I, I'm not like super hyper type A, but I like to get things accomplished. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm super hyper type A. <laughs> I'm not somebody that wants to sit around. Um, mm-hmm. I've had to learn to sit for around. I've had to learn to rest. Um, I wrote about that on my blog. Um, learning to rest is really hard. Um, giving up your plans for, for your body's plans is really hard. And so I've had to learn to really walk in submission to the Lord, knowing that's where he's got me at this point in my life. And I have to, well, through this, it's been a blessing because I literally have to ask for him to give me the strength to do just about everything I have planned during the day. And then I have to know if those things didn't happen, that they weren't supposed to happen today. And maybe I'll try again tomorrow. That's the hard part for me. And in fact, I just got an email last night from uh, Andrea, who's our Christian Authors Network um, secretary. Mm -hmm. And our blog on the Christian Authors Network has kind of changed a little bit. We've changed some of the the topics and we've changed the categories. We, we, you know, in order to allow things to be easier found, easier um, social media shared, but also easier for readers to do. Mm -hmm. And, because I was gone to a family reunion and like we have been talking about in our real world, we deal with real things. And yes. um, for me, um, you know, we have a, I'm in college to get my genealogical studies de- degree. Mm-hmm. I want to get my credentials in genealogy. And uh, we had a family reunion, which was a long RV trip over the weekend. You know, it was like a four day trip, which was mm-hmm. um, 10, 11 hours in the RV sitting, which is very difficult for somebody okay. like me. Yeah. And painful. You know, yeah. and we did a big long bike ride, and that just wiped me out. And oh yeah, so but you need to that, recover days, right? Yeah. I it, two three days at least for something like that. Right. And Andrea emailed me last night with a question, and she said, "Hey, what about this? Is this going to get done?" And and I sent back, "Yes, yes. I'm sorry. Here's my reasons why." And she sent back the sweetest note. She just said, "Give yourself grace." Yeah, and I was exactly. like, "Huge, yes." It is. And I, all of a sudden, I realized I give everybody else grace to recover. Yeah. I give everybody else grace. 
that they don't have to be right on the ball and be immediate, that there's no immediate emergency. But yeah. I don't give myself grace. Yeah, and I when was, she emailed me that, I was like, oh, yeah, revelation. Yeah, it, it, sometimes it takes people on the outside. I, I had a very good friend come alongside me um, a year and a half, two years ago. I was really, really sick. Um, and And she said, why aren't you in bed? And I said, because I have these things. And, and she said, anybody else who is as sick as you are, because I had an ongoing um, infection on my leg, would be in bed. And I said, oh. <laughs> yeah. And, it's and like I kind went, of the smacking you with a frying pan. Hello. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, but because I'm so used to push, push, push to get anything done. I wasn't recovering because I wasn't stopping. And so I had to learn to go to bed and I had to learn to, well, I like TV. So that wasn't a huge burden, but binge watching. And oh yeah, um, because I, more fun. <laughs> I, my brain's so tired. I can't hold a book and I'm, I have to just watch something. And um, so I've, I've, yeah, I've, that really helped me take a step back and start a different kind of recovery process. And giving yourself grace is huge. Because I wouldn't have expected all that out of anybody else, right? But right. out of me, absolutely. And why am I not stepping up? And I'm not meeting my own, you know, everything. And right. and so I think that's, we we do that. Um, and we we need to know that that our characters will do that too. And so I have I have like a little chart, and I would be happy to upload that for you. Oh, um, I'd love that. Um, I adapted it from someone else. Um, and at the center of it is trauma. And I think we can all identify unless you have had a really super easy life, which I have actually no, no, never met anybody with a completely easy life um, ever. I don't think. Have you? Yes, I actually have. And okay. I have. And those people in real life seemed as two dimensional as they would on the page. Yes. That, yeah. Yeah. And, I've, I've actually met a couple themselves that's the only thing i think maybe they're not being honest with themselves so um at the center is trauma and so mm -hmm. i start to think about um there's intrusive memories um shame or self-hatred panic attacks being emotionally overwhelmed chronic pain headaches and out wow. of those things come eating disorders or substance abuse or destructive behaviors um, memory issues disassociation hypervigilance depression irritability um, wow. Insomnia and hopelessness. And so people, if you start putting those things on your characters um, that, you know, not all of those things, because that's not believable either. You want to make sure that you identify with them. More um, right after this message, we'll be back with April McGowan on Writing Real. Stay right bar. There's more lit up right after this. Get ready to live la bella vita with Dawn Catherine on Toginet.com. Live la bella vita. If you're wanting to know all the beauty tricks of the trade and the latest fashion trends before everyone else, this is your show. If you admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense, this is your show. Do you love wine and want to know more about the process it takes to make wine from the vine to the bottle? This is your show. Live la bella vita. Champagne, living my life 
For more on the show and your host, check out her website, LaBellaVitaCosmetico.com. This is the kind of show you can sink your teeth into. If you enjoy traveling and food and family, all with an Italian flair, then you can live La Bella Vita with your host, Dawn Catherine. Wednesday nights at midnight, 11 p.m. Central, on Toginet.com. Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors, all quilters just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff and find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com slash radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. We're glad you're back for more Lit Up. Now here's your host, Angela Breidenbach. Wow, we are in a really fascinating um, section of digging deep into your own life and the people around you to be able to use those things for your writing. And as we left into the segment, I want to come back to this. The chart that April was talking about is called Effects of Trauma and Physical Issues Chart. This is a great way to dig deep for your stories, and April's going to send it over to us so we can put it up on the show notes. But I interrupted you because we we needed to get into our commercial break, but I want to hear from you, April, more about that. Okay. Um, So when I'm looking at my characters, I have a list of things that I go down and um, for each character, even some somebody might think they're inconsequential, but I need to know all the actors in the play pretty well. Um, um, so I'll write down the kind of bad childhood experiences they had, if they were divorced or orphaned or abused or abandoned, if they watched someone die, if they watched their pet die, if they never felt appreciated, um, if they were forced into a field they hated, um, if they were never allowed to be themselves. And then I also write down the good childhood experiences, if they were a good student or they stood by their friend or if they had a great family life, um, if they always felt loved. Um, those are opportunities to, you know, take some bricks out of their foundation if you know those things about them. Um, and then their teen years, I always write down something that really hurt them and then one thing that they were really proud of. Um, and then in their adult years, you know, do they feel trapped? Are they happy with where they are? Are they married? Do they want to be married? Um, do they hate the idea of ever being married at all? Do they love their spouse? Does their spouse annoy them? Do they want kids? Couldn't have kids? Um, and their best friend needs, like, do, do they have a best friend? Um, is that friend really loyal? Is that person somebody they really shouldn't be with? Um, those kinds of things. And what happened to derail that character from who they thought they would be now? Um, and that I pull from my own life because I think we always have an idea of who we thought we would be. And we have to come to terms with who we really are because of our circumstances. Wow. Um, I like that. Who did, who did we think we should be? And 
you know. Yeah. And, wow. and how, do, how do we come to terms with that? And that goes back with to, you know, submission to God for me of accepting where I am today versus where I even thought I'd be 10 years ago. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going to be a world traveler. I always thought I would be, but that's not going to happen. So, you know, you have mm-hmm. to kind of uh, come to terms with those things. Um, and that kind of really leads into the spiritual arc mm-hmm. of which, and I always want to write this down um, and I encourage people to find out the one thing they wish God would just take care of in their life so they could move on. Oh, that is a really great one. That, uh, that is great. Pivotal. And do they disregard God or do they feel like he's got it out for them and he's holding them back? So I think, um, if, you know, if they disregard God, that's opportunities to find out why. But a lot of people have anger issues with God because he wasn't the genie they expected him to be. And um, that's right. I, ha- I wrote a book called A Healing Heart. And um, I, the whole premise of that book really went to my own sense of being angry at God at a yeah. point in my life. Yeah. And how did I come out of that? Well, I, I put that into the character, even though the fictional circumstances were different. I was able to draw on that emotional journey to put into her emotional journey, you know, right. and that was, that was huge for me because I felt like a lot of people are angry at God, but they didn't, maybe don't even realize it. Yes. They just yeah. say, Oh, I don't believe in God. And yes. a lot of times the reality is they're just mad at him. And he's let them down in their own idea of what letting them down means. You know, they ha- he hasn't worked out what they thought he needed to work out for them. Therefore, you know, that's that. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, that's uh, a big pivotal thread in in uh, to hold the light for Amber. Oh, you know, yeah. coming to with you know she finally got her, she she does all the right things. You know, she does all the good things. And why are why is this bad stuff happening to her? And mm-hmm. and she really has to dig deep and and find that foundation all over again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then personality tips. I really like the emotion thesaurus, the negative trait thesauruses. Um, I don't, I don't use them verbatim, but they help me brainstorm some things that my characters might do based on the issues that they're trying to overcome or the issues that are going to be placed upon them. Thanks to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have, I have looked at the, like the different emotional yeah. thesaurus books and things like that. Um, I find them a starting place. Oh, absolutely. It's for brainstorming. Sure. It's for brainstorming because I find them actually limited on what they, what they, they don't have the full scope is what I'm saying. They're short and they're easy to read, but they don't to me have the full scope. And so I love that you said it's about brainstorming. Yeah. They, they, they're a really good platform for jumping off and, um, and they just kind of give you some reminders about maybe your personalities, either your character's personality being controlling or overachieving or underachieving, or if they're an introvert, if they're an extrovert, if they have romantic ideals, um, if they're optimistic. And those are all good places to start. Um, and when you want to weave in those um, plot points and tension points, um, you want to go opposite and make them really, really uncomfortable. So I'm, which is just so mean, but it works really well. No, it's, it's true. Uh, 
But it's hard, especially when I was writing my very first book, um, gosh, 11 years ago now. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was it was really hard to want to be psychologically mean to our characters, you know, oh. to my that was really hard. Well, or you can be over psychologically mean and then it's not believable. So you have to kind of walk the fine line and try to that's where the writing real part comes in. Mm-hmm. Um you don't want to overburden so it's completely unbelievable too, because then you'd be like, nah, nobody could you know, nobody would do that. Uh, so you have to be, you know, walk the fine line. Um, and then I talk about physical traits for people, but I, I'm really cautious with those. Um, I think that if you give too many physical traits and you're always using, you know, the same sort of, uh, well, they twirled their hair or they bit their cheek or um, you don't want to give them too much because you want to make sure that the reader can bring their ideas to the story. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I kind of go light on that. And then, you know, whether they're tall or whatever, I kind of leave body size a little ambiguous because people want to bring themselves to the story, just like they want to bring yourself to a play or to a movie. Um, and you want to be able to get involved. If everybody tells you everything up front, you're not going to connect because you haven't brought any of yourself to it. So, mm-hmm. um, and then, um, I try to sum up a character in one word. So, which is, you know, what we do to others when we're judging or, you know, decide, oh, well, they're just hyper, you know, or, oh, they're an overachiever, you know, that kind of thing. Um, Mm -hmm. that helps me kind of bottle them up for, for, um, molding purposes. Um, so. I like that a lot. I think it's so true that we, we do judge a book by the cover when it comes yes. to people. And it's like, I think that the newest studies that I heard about were like, you judge within like seven seconds of meeting someone. Yes. Um, wouldn't it be interesting to have your hero or heroine meet and actually have the thought process? Oh, they're just such and so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Now, when you're doing this um, for, you know, someone who's family or friend or, you know, situation like that, how do you change them? And if we run out of time, you know, before our break, we'll continue it in the next one. So listeners hang in with us there. But how do you change some part of them or what do you change to make them unrecognizable just in case? Because, I mean, you don't want to get sued yeah. for liable. I don't want, you never want to take a family member and take all of their traits mm-hmm. and use, um, you use select things. Um, I used to do it subconsciously and then I discovered that, that doing it consciously is, is a lot, is a lot better. Um, I've, I've written about family members and friends and they have no idea because I don't write to about them so specifically. Um, I will give them, um, different physicality. I will give them, um, you know, say someone's got a chronic illness. Well, instead of a chronic illness, like in my case, I made Amber lose her sight. So, but the feelings about the loss are the same. So mm-hmm. the feelings that come from those tendencies, from those weaknesses, from those, from those overbearing people in our lives or those heroes in our lives, the feelings that come are the things that really transfer. Mm-hmm. So um, that's, that's where I like to go. 
Um, and I, I look at them pretty objectively at first. Mm-hmm. I really think that looking at where they uh, are successful and where they have failed really helps me. Um, well, when you end up appreciating your family and friends a whole lot more when you really consider the battles that they fought. And then you can bring those battles into your stories and in a way pay homage to that. And I think that's, that's a really sweet thing. Um, It's, it's made me a much more, uh, it's made me a better listener Mm -hmm. um, to my family and friends and to the barista at the coffee shop or to that lady in line. And when I overhear something that I find a heart, touching then i'll write it down and Mm -hmm. i might never see that person again but um you know them overcoming cancer or they finally heard from their daughter after 20 years or all those things um you can file those away and then you can draw on them and you can draw on how you felt when you heard those things Mm -hmm. and how they um because getting those felt needs and those emotional connections are what really is is going to connect your reader to your characters. I've even asked people, can I use this in my book? I'll change anything. And and they've actually told me because it's such a specific thing that I can't hide. So I ask them if I can use it, you know, that kind of thing. Ah, We're going to be back right after this break with our guest today, April McGowan. She is a Christian fiction, I'm sorry, she is a Christian Authors Network member, and she helps us with our Twitter account, by the way. So you got to follow us at can underscore author news, and you'll be able to see a lot of the things that she tweets out for the Christian Authors Network. And you can find her at aprilmcgowan.com. That's A-P-R-I-L-M-C-G-O-W-A-N.com. And this is Angela Breidenbach. And if you want to learn more about me and my books, you can find me at angelabreidenbach.com. That's A-N-G-E-L-A-B-R-E-I-D-E-N-B-A-C-H.com. We'll be back right after this. Stay right where you are. More lit up right after this. Get ready to live la bella vita with Dawn Catherine on Toginet.com. Live la bella vita. If you're wanting to know all the beauty tricks of the trade and the latest fashion trends before everyone else, this is your show. If you admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense, this is your show. Do you love wine and want to know more about the process it takes to make wine from the vine to the bottle? This is your show. Live La Bella Vita. For more on the show and your host, check out our website, labellavitacosmetico.com. This is the kind of show you can sink your teeth into. If you enjoy traveling and food and family, all with an Italian flair, then you can live La Bella Vita with your host, Dawn Catherine. Wednesday nights at midnight, 11 p.m. Central, on toginet.com. Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors. All quilters, just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. 
Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff and find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com slash radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. We're glad you're back for more Lit Up. Now here's your host, Angela Breidenbach. Well, thank you for staying with us and with our guest, uh, April McGowan, because this is such a fascinating talk. Um, Be sure to check the show notes for the effects of trauma and physical issues chart and the books that we're mentioning on the show, because we've kind of mentioned several. Um, But uh, April, you have a book that you're working on right now that is using someone in your real life. You want to talk about that a little? Sure. Um, I'm currently writing a book called Sarah's Song, and it's contemporary. Again, um, I can't seem to not write contemporary, (laughs) and no matter how I try. So, um, And it's based on the protagonist's best friend slash grandma sort um, is – uh, actually based on my grandma and um, the things that she had to overcome. She was um, uh, the daughter of a moonshiner. She wow. suffered, she suffered um, abuse at his hands, at her mother's hands, at her brother's hands. Um, and so there was um, a lot of hard things that she had to face and she still overcame with this joy that was planted in her by the Lord. And she despite all of her circumstances, just continue to trust him. Um, and despite um, the things that happened to her through um, her growing up years and marriage and, um, and then her elderly years with illness, she just, she just, just loved Jesus. And wow. I just admired that in her so much. She just trusted him. Um, to, and she just knew eventually everything was going to be okay. Um, and that so she had was, a very optimistic personality, even though she was in such difficulty. Oh, yeah. I mean, she was locked in a cellar, root cellar for hours. She was beaten to go. Holy if she went cow. to school, they would, they would beat her because she wasn't there watching the still. Um, wow. she, she didn't have shoes. So when she, when, when, uh, when I had my kids, she would call, um, she died, um, just two months after or, yeah, two, yeah, a month, month after my son was born. So that was really rough. But, um, when my daughter was like three and four, she called, does she have shoes, April? Does she have shoes? Because my grandma always kept multiple pairs of shoes and toothbrushes and socks for anybody that needed them. If she saw a kid without shoes, she'd run home and get some. Wow. And because she didn't have shoes as a little girl in Michigan. So, you know, you, you needed shoes and she would get hand me down boots that didn't fit. But through all the decent months, she would be barefoot and the kids at school would tease her. And um, so she but she turned those hardships into blessings for others. And um, those I think and that's what I try to do with all my characters, just to kind of show that reality of whatever happens in our lives. We can turn that back around and become more compassionate to another person that's going to be facing something similarly. Um, I have I have a complete belief in that. Um, I had a talk with, uh, and this is my dad, but my dad had 
he you know he had been very poor but he he and I talked because I kept giving away food. He was here for Fourth of July a few years back before he passed away. I kept giving away jars of jam and jars of jelly and stuff. And my dad was getting very upset with me because I was going to run out of food. And I asked him. I said, "Have you ever gone without food?" And he's like, "Well, no." I said, "Never. You didn't ever actually miss a meal." He says, "Well, no. I may not have liked it, but I I had a meal." And my parents were divorced, and mm-hmm. I actually went without food a lot in my life. Um, and then in my first marriage, I went without food, and he would go to work, and he would charge food out, and he would eat. And then yeah. I would have nothing at home. So to me, um, whenever people are there, it's like this deep, deep-seated gift in yeah. me to give away food. I don't yeah. want anybody to go without. So I get what you're saying. Oh, yeah. She was she was very much that way. I mean, they, she... Um, they'd lock her down there with no food and she would eat a potato and then she'd get really in trouble for eating that raw potato. I mean, it was just, so she was always, she had a huge pantry full of Mm non-perishables. When we were first married, we were very poor and she'd just invite us over and fill up our car with stuff. And, um, and she just always had, she would always buy and stock. And, but she didn't hoard. She was waiting for that person with need. And, um, yeah, and I, and I've discovered too with, with my illness, it has made me a, a lot more compassionate towards people that are suffering. Um, yeah. and just acknowledge, just acknowledging someone's suffering and saying, yeah, that really sucks. Boy, that just, yeah. just acknowledging it will really bring people, um, a lot of comfort just to that be with validation the, that you are validation. real. This is not your yes. imagination. I right. see you. And this is really hard and I get it and I'm sorry and just be with them. Mm-hmm. That's, it's just huge. So yeah, I've had those opportunities. Um, my, with my illness comes depression. So I've been able to come alongside people with depression now and know exactly where they're coming from and just be able to just, just be. Because we don't want your solutions. We just want someone to listen and to validate and pray. So um, how do you, um, before we forget though, are you planning on, on traditionally publishing or indie publishing Sarah's song? Oh, um, my publisher is the wonderful white fire publishing house and Mm -hmm. the incomparable Rosanna white is my editor. And, um, she is a beautiful person with loads of talent and, um, I will be for sure pitching it to her and I have, I have no doubt it will find a place with her. Um, wow. I, they, I know Rosanna and she is a delightful person. They have a real heart for um, brokenness and they have a heart for um, mending lives and for reaching the disenfranchised and bringing them back into relationship with the Lord. And that is my heart as well. That is amazing. That's I think it's wonderful. Now you're going to be at the Oregon Christian Writers Conference coming up. This is summer 2017. In case you're listening to this in the future, when is this Oregon Christian Writers Conference, and what are you going to do there? Um, it is August 15th through the 18th, so that's mm-hmm. four awesome days. Um, I think it's the best conference in the whole world, and you need to come, Angela, because I think I know. Um, Anyway, uh, we have uh, Frank Peretti is coming to speak this week. <gasps> really? That would be delightful. Yeah. And um, so we're really excited about that. Um, let's see. What else? Well, I'll be mentoring. Um, I just I really love coming alongside beginning writers or writers that are on a path and giving them the encouragement they need because 
you know, I wrote, I wrote uh, two novels before um, my third novel was picked up and just having other people mentor me and give me encouragement, show me um, how to direct my writing and grow um, was huge. And, um, and then my third novel um, that I wrote, Jasmine, was up for the Carol Award for debut novel. So mm-hmm. that um, was a, a big moment for me, a big validation that um, I'd, I'd found my, my spot. So I'm going to put a link to um, your Jasmine trailer because I saw it on your email on you. the show notes because um, there's something special about that book. Can you tell us? Um, that book um, was is written about a woman over, who has overcome and become a counselor. So she's overcome her her, her uh, being sex trafficked and mm-hmm. living on the streets, and um, has become a counselor for those same girls. And it takes her on a healing process because even though she's doing really good things, um, she she has a lot of hurt in her life, and so she's called back home and she has mm-hmm. to face her childhood all over again. Um, but, and that brings her a lot of healing. I, I would like to say I, I do not hurt others. I do not hurt readers and I do not take readers to places that they cannot go. Um, mm-hmm. People were initially nervous to read about that book because it is about overcoming sexual childhood abuse um, mm-hmm. and um being sex trafficked and all those things, but um, I'm very respectful of the reader and I, I promise I won't hurt you. <laughs> so. I think that's a really important thing to say because um, there's there, this show um, lit up is all about being family friendly and good yes. for your heart. And yes. sometimes reading about those things, um, it's not that they're, they can be hurtful, but sometimes it's good for your heart to actually acknowledge things that have either happened to you or someone else, but then also become aware of how you can be a healer out in the world for that experience. And sometimes you don't have to have experienced it yourself in order to be a part of the journey to uh, grace for someone else. Well, absolutely. Uh, One of the, one of my main focuses in writing the stories that I write is to give others maybe a, a new perspective um, mm-hmm. looking at people that have maybe suffered abuse or have suffered from depression or have suffered from spousal problems uh, and looking at them with a new compassion, looking at the homeless as people instead mm-hmm. of just that person that's begging for money, but thinking of them as they have a family, they had parents that loved them. This was not their dream. Mm-hmm. It was not their dream to be on the street. Um, and, you know, looking at them as human beings that God loves is is key. And so that's, that's one of the things I try to bring into all of my books is, is a loving, compassionate look at the hurting and, um, and what we can do to bring them comfort and um, direct them back to the one that completely healed them. I love that. And it's a dealing with people that are hurting that are on the street. You don't have to necessarily give somebody money that you're afraid might even be abused, you know, or that they would use to abuse themselves. You can give them a bottle of water. You can give them a sack lunch. You can give them socks because people on the streets have a hard time getting clean socks, you know, and, or, you know, finding, pointing them to places where they can shower. I mean, Mm -hmm. you can't, you can't live on the streets and then try to get a job if you're dirty and your clothes are dirty. You just That's can't. Right. Nobody's That's kind of like the movie uh, Pursuit of Happiness explores yes. that 
arena really, really well. Um, So we're coming to the end of the show, and I want to make sure that you've gotten to share everything that you wanted to. So in about one minute, um, tell us anything that you wish you could have shared. Um, Just remember to look at your friends and family with a compassionate eye and um, be honorable to them in, in the things that they have survived, the things that they have overcome, and, and show, show them the respect that they deserve while taking some of those experiences and weaving them in. And um, through doing that, you're being a witness. Um, you're being a witness to the things they've overcome. You're being a witness to the things God has done in their lives. And you're being a witness to others. And I think that's really important. Thank you so much, April. And tell us where we can find you online. Um, You can find me at aprilmcgowan.com. You can find me on Facebook and you can find me at Twitter. And you can find her at thechristianauthorsnetwork.com as well as myself. So April McGowan and Angela Breidenbach. You can find us both at christianauthorsnetwork.com. And my name is Angela Breidenbach and you can find me on social media at Ange Breidenbach. A-N-G-B-R-E-I-D-E-N-B-A-C-H. Or if you want to learn more about my books, AngelaBrennanbach.com. And we have been with April McGowan today here on Lit Up. Thanks so much. Thank you for joining on Lit Up. Light up your literary world. Expand your imagination. Enhance your life. Lit Up will be back next week with another great conversation. Join us, won't you, right here on Lit Up. There's no place I'd rather be.